All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today, once again, as always, in the blockhouse with Kelly. How's it going, Kelly? I'm so sloshy. I just had a shake. Mm. Not like a milkshake, like a meal replacement shake, and now I mm. feel very sloshy. How are you? Slo- what does that mean? Like, you know, when you have too much liquid in your stomach, mm. and, you, and then you move too quick, and you're like, whoa. That's like all the All the contents like, of my body. Have you just can feel <laughs> the Soylent Green up in your head, like a crashing wave. Yes, I'm full of Soylent Green waves. It's people. <laughs> But I assume beyond the sloshiness. Wow, slosh, sloshy. Let's That's just throw a better way to do it. Sh- can't schla. You, you can schla. Slosh, because then you can say sloshy, the sloshiness. But the slosh, I can't say sloshiness. You're doing great. My tongue has to reset. <laughs> wow. What a day. Beyond the sloshiness, hey. you're doing. You're doing fine. Yeah, I think it's so. Finally, summer, I think. Yeah. How are you? How's work? It's good. We're in the middle of uh, music video month. Yeah. I mean, last week was such a high. So it's, uh, you know, I was a little unexpectedly jumping into another Tempest song. Um, but it's it's been pretty great. Uh, if you don't know, uh, the song's Like a Rolling Stone or What Tempest Is. These are things associated with someone named Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. This is a Bob Dylan podcast. We talk about Bob Dylan songs. And... I have been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as a number of general assemblies in the state of Iowa as of the recording of this podcast, which means nothing. Oh, God. And the only reason I looked up Iowa is because I confused Duquesne with Dubuque. Oh. So that's literally the only reason Iowa was like a fixture of my life okay. for an entire. And it took me up until like the recording of this podcast to confirm that it was Dubuque that I'm like was thinking of this nice. whole time okay and this week we did not listen to debut but we listened to duquesne whistle <laughs> of 2012's tempest listen to that duquesne whistle blowing blowing locks gonna sweep my world away I'm gonna stop in Carbondale and keep on going. That Duquesne train gonna ride me night and day. All right, Kelly. So we spent the entire week with Duquesne Whistle, episode two of the 2019 version of Music Video Month. That's right. We have a second iteration of Music Video Month. I feel like you should it's put an amazing. effect on your voice. It's like, 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 music like, video, 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 video. Who's to say I didn't already do it? Oh, good point. So if you were here last week, you know that we're going to be talking about five songs this month of July 2019. And then at the end of the month, we're going to talk about all of them as music videos and just kind of like what sort of things, you know, where was Bob Dylan going with it? What other music videos have sort of done this sort of thing? Just, you know, a wide ranging discussion. Uh, if you followed us last year, you'll know that we talked about lots and lots of music videos. So we're going to try to like hem one it in. One could say too many. One could say way too many, but yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like a nice little table of contents because we're, you know, we're still going to pull from some of those and talk about them again. But as you know, we talked about it briefly last week, you know, the Like a Rolling Stone came out obviously years and years later with a, you know, this really cool interactive uh, music video. So we're going to talk about other interactive music videos. And then in this case, uh, we have Bob Dylan walking through the streets and an unrelated story happening at the same time. We're going to talk about unrelated stories and people walking through the streets. So tune in at the end of the month. <laughs> we're going to have a really cool mix up confusion where we go outside. If you're a long time listener, we'll be outside. <laughs> and, you know, that proved to be really fun. You can hear the bus in the background. 
the dogs were running around. Yeah. It was really fun. So we're going to try to do it again. But Kelly, this week we spent listening to Duquesne Whistle, mm-hmm. our third song off of, uh, off of 2012's Tempest. We love Soon After Midnight. We love mm. Pay and Blood. Started okay. season two. Right. How does this one stack up? It's a swing song. Um, we'll probably talk about this in a little bit, but yeah, it's very much of that the big band era genre kind of thing. I, I mean, it goes off to more of a, a modern rock feel, but it certainly stays there. And that walking bass line is consistent throughout the whole thing, which very much gives it that feel, that like twenties, uh, thirties jazz feel. And it does so. open the record, so that's another. It's oh. a fun way to you know you put on the record, and that's Jelly Roll Morton. Mm-hmm. You know what is it called? Um, each day, number one. Starting, I mean, it's a new rendition, right? But I mean, you couldn't tell. Uh, you listen to both of them back to back; it's it's the same identical. Song. Yeah. So I I think that we'll talk about that too in the contents of the song because I actually think it's at first it's very jarring because it's the same stuff all the time with Dylan. You're like, God damn it, Bob! You saw this too. Yeah. But then there's this element of like sweeping nostalgia and like why is it there and all of this. And it's also really it, it's a really song. long intro, and I I think this is a different because it certainly becomes a, a different song, an arrangement right after that that thirty seconds. But What's that drum? so it feels more like definitely a little homage, like a you know, hey, this is a cool. Song. Or there's like a reason it's there. Yeah, it feels intentional. It's not Maybe. really like a a strange nothing thing. But I like a lot. There's like four hundred guitars in this song, which are very cute and twinkly, and I enjoy that. There's a lot of guitars. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, just to dispense with the context, I mean, we've talked about. Um, later Bob Dylan, especially over the last 15 years, we don't know much about it because recording stuff has changed so much. Uh, and since the year 2000, uh, he doesn't go to studios anymore. I mean, he recorded this at Grove master studios in Santa Monica, but there's no call sheets. Like before we're not putting it on tape. You know, it's like how, how many times did they play these? How many takes were there? We don't know. You know, at the end of the day, it's just all digital. It's all put together and and shipped off. So we have no idea how many times this was played, uh, but between January and March 2012, uh, this was recorded. The album came out in September of 2012. Uh, this was co-written, like the very first song this year, uh, on t- Off Together Through Life, Beyond Here Lies Nothing, with Robert Hunter of The Grateful Dead. Hmm. So that one was, we were less impressed by the by the lyrics of that one, but I'm very much impressed by the lyrics of this one. So this is a way better song, in my opinion, than Beyond Here Lies Nothing, at least lyrically. He's played this 350 times live um, from June 26, 2013, uh, to as late as August 22nd, 2018. So you could very well see the song if you go see him live. And speaking of all the guitars, Lots of them. Charlie mm-hmm. Sexton on guitar, Stu Kimball on guitar, uh, Donnie Heron on steel guitar, banjo, violin, mandolin across the, the record. You have George Roselli on drums, Tony Garnier is always on bass, and David Hidalgo on guitar, accordion, and violin, which are not not super present here, but no. are... There's definitely like an organ, and there's four guitars, I believe. There's an uh-huh. guitar, there's oh, a steel I mean, guitar. Rowland in there yeah. doing something, so... I don't mm-hmm. even have Bob listed, probably guitar. I mean, yeah. he's the other one. So we got everyone on this song uh, and it's, uh, and it's great. So what is it about? Oh my God. I have no idea. I, okay. So what is Duquesne? So that's a great question. Is that a place? Is it a thing? Does it exist? Duquesne is a name. So it's a, it's a, it's a French name. The French were here in America before the English. Well, I mean, doesn't really matter. One of the first major Duquesnes in the country was Fort Duquesne, which was named after the governor general of New France. This was in 1754. You remember 1754. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. So Fort Duquesne is at the confluence of the Allegheny and the Mahongaila Rivers, which is today, say it with me, 
Pittsburgh. Oh. Right. Uh, so Fort okay. Duquesne was right there at the point where the Ohio, Allegheny, and the Mahongahela all converged. And they had a fort there to protect their own interests, you know, a place for people to meet. Uh, Native tribes met there, and then it became a, a place of siege and a place of warfare, uh, especially with the Seven Years' War. We know it as the French and Indian War. Mm-hmm. So when we were, when the French, we fought the French and the Indians, obviously, as the title of the war implies. And one of the one of the big moments was at Fort Duquesne and the taking of Fort Duquesne. Uh, general Braddock was a was a famous English general. Uh, his aide de camp uh, was ju- someone you might know. Uh, his name is George Washington. Oh shit! And this was one of his first forays into any sort of military battle at all. So he was with him. They, the Braddock Road, if you will, is a road that they created from Maryland all the way to Pittsburgh. So it's a good hundred miles through hills, and they just like mowed it down. I mean, imagine being in the 1700s and like building a road. What would that mean? That means like manually carving out a road for an army to go Damn. through. So Braddock famously died before he like in battle there outside of the fort. But three years later, the fort was taken and eventually Fort Duquesne was uh, destroyed by the French. They just burned it as you do and then left. Um, They lost the war and that spot never stopped being important. It became Fort Pitt and then for a minute Fort Dunmore and then later the city of Pittsburgh. So if you can go down there today, um, there's actually the, I think it's Point Park and you can actually see the, you know, all these like, it's a beautiful art or it's a beautiful, you know, a park now. And it's got um, really cool, like little art things where you can see the outline of the former Fort Duquesne. It's mm. like the, one of those cool, tri- you know, like star formations. But like you can just walk on this big plaza. But they got the like the little um, pieces of stone where you can kind of see the outline of what it used to be cool. and how big it actually used to be. A couple of years later, Fort Pitt itself would become infamous because it was one of the first documented places of biological warfare of smallpox blankets, you oh, know, putting smallpox fuck. in the blankets. Uh, so during Pontiac's war in 1763, which was after the French and Indian war, uh, there's tons of evidence, uh, writings and all that kind of stuff that they took because they have smallpox wards because armies would always get sick. So that Fort Pitt, I'm assuming was named after somebody, some dude named Pitt, William Pitt. Yes. And that's who, why Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh also. Yeah. So many Williams. Well, don't worry about it. I was dreaming about bills. Yeah, so I mean that's it. It's just I mean it's just the name that goes on. So this whole country would be all French if things in fact if Fort Duquesne itself stood, right? I mean because that was a big turning moment, uh turning point in the the 7 years war. So if that had stood, we could be seeing lots more French. Maybe you and I would be speaking French. Cool. I know, but we're not speaking English because it fell. That's right. I mean, that was one of their last gasps, too. I mean, after that, it was pretty much, you know, had some more fur traders and stuff like that out in the wilderness uh, way west. But, like, this was it for them. Hmm. So so the Duquesne thing is, uh, like, when you say Duquesne whistle, obviously nobody knows how to spell it. It's right. Oh, sure. strange. Uh, I spelled it a hundred different ways. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. So is this song about Pennsylvania? I mean, he does. He references Carbondale, uh, which is in Pennsylvania hmm. as well. Um you know, he's talking about trains. White people love trains. Yeah. Is it just, is it that simple? Just... Well, see, okay. So I'm assuming the Duke, I pictured it as a train, right? Like huh. it's. Well, the Duquesne whistle blowing. Man. Yeah, right. Yeah. What the fuck else? 
has a whistle. Only trains famously have whistles. What about metaphorical whistles? And that's the other thing. I'm like, what is this? This Okay, the, I think it's a train, but the train is a metaphor for clearly something else. And I don't know what it is. And I think it changes throughout the song and what it's a metaphor for. Well, some people would say, and I don't know Jesus. his qualifications are, the only conductor you need. Jesus. Jesus. So for some people, it's, <laughs> it's super Jesus. And like I said, I don't think that he's he has the right qualifications to conduct this train. Jesus? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, Jesus, is, he does lots of stuff. But like, he skills. also is a conductor. Is a conductor. Oh. Like, uh, did he go for school for this? I don't think so. So anyways, <laughs> I don't think that that's true. And then obviously we've, we've said no to Iowa. So that is not a thing. Sure. But what if I told you that this wasn't, this is not true. I mean, this is, this is all speculation, but I think this is it. This is not about a train. It's about a tornado. Oh. So in 2011, I don't know if you remember this, but in 2011, there was a there was a, a huge hurricane, an F5, that happened in Joplin, Missouri. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it happened on uh, May 22nd, 2011. I actually left Lawrence, uh, my, my job that I was at. Uh, we all got laid off. We got laid off the Friday before, so that was on Sunday. I left that Saturday morning. And, and left Lawrence. Lawrence is about two hours away from Joplin. So it was crazy for me to drive across the country back to Virginia to see my family and then be like, devastation yeah. in Joplin. And that was crazy. That was um, not only did it kill 158 people, it injured 1,200 people, uh, but it was also $2.8 billion in damage. It's Damn. still the highest insurance policy sort of thing. Uh, that the Midwest has ever seen. So we had a warm, humid air mass from the Gulf of Mexico. We had a hot, dry air mass coming in out of Oklahoma and a cooler, drier air mass coming in out of Kansas, all intersecting in southeast Kansas and southwest Missouri. And also you had a jet stream moving from west to east above all of this. So you had convergence at the surface of all these air masses and the winds were coming in from the southeast at the low levels while at the upper levels they were going in from the west and southwest so you had shear turning of the winds with height and everything was there for thunderstorm development and that's where we had some of these supercells form and when they formed it was so humid they became very big thunderstorms began to rotate and unfortunately one of those produced a very large tornado right over Joplin there are in the city of Joplin itself, there's a Duquesne Road. Hmm. There's a you know small pocket, like neighborhoods, essentially. Think of neighborhoods. There's like a Duquesne neighborhood. Yeah. What is Bob Dylan's um, connection connection to Missouri? I think that's that that's where like with any Bob Dylan song, there's that tenuousness to it. Like I, there is no evidence of that. In fact, all of this could not be a tornado, you know. But when you think about it as a tornado. It does more, I think, than a train does. Yes. Um, because it just makes a lot more sense, especially because it's like, it's one thing to get on a train and leave, but it's another to have the train killing your entire family and ending the world. You know, that's yeah. where the Jesus stuff comes from. Sure. Slow train coming. I mean, that's, so it's like, uh, to me, the only way to kind of do this is to put it all together. And I think the tornado one uh, does a lot of things. It adds um, the, the whistleness of it. Like, I mean, the, tornado sirens it gives you the apocalypse feel which is jesus coming in on a train would feel like you know it's like it does it hits all the boxes and that is what makes the song really pop for me in a way that i never really cared that much about this song but now i'm like this song is great i yeah. really really like this song so shouts to tony atwood um and untold dylan i definitely did not think about that it might not be true, too, because, I mean, with writing with Robert Hunter, this could have been a song that he wrote for Together Through Life in 2009, right? It could have been before the tornado. So, like, I think we're ascribing a lot to it if it's just that. 
but I think it's worth worth noting. No, that's really nice. I'm glad that you said that. It makes the song feel a lot more cohesive because I was like, every verse, I don't... Is it a train? Is the train a relationship? Are we on the train? Are we needing to be away from the train? I don't understand. And then you're seeing faces on the train. I, g- I can't get it. And yeah. I'm hearing uh, some voice off in the distance. You it's know, happening. There's so much happening. Well, I mean, I think we can try to go through the song itself if you sure. if you want to. So starting with the first verse, I and mean, we'll just break it down into four verses here. Um, we're looking at the Duquesne whistle blowing, blowing. Like, it's going to sweep my world away. I mean, when you think about that, it's a tornado. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. At first, when I was thinking that it was a train, that's also very compelling to be a train. And I, I feel that way at the beginning and the end of the song, where I'm like, ah, oh, I kind of want it to be about trains, only that it's meta commentary on trains. Like, going to sweep my world away in the way that trains swept away, you know, Native American worlds. And, mm. and sort of now it's the irony of the train leaving sweeping away your world that right. you swept away like there's a lot of layers of ironies that only america would know that um that i kind of liked but now but the rest of the song doesn't really help until the very end uh the train theory but i really like blowing like it's going to sweep my world away I like that especially if it's a tornado that's yeah but scary. if we're still doing the train thing it's like for me i guess i always view everything the, the scope of a relationship mm. i don't know what that's about and uh, <laughs> So for me, it's like, again, metaphorically taking my world away. Like my person is getting on the train or I'm getting on the train away from my person. So it's yeah. taking my world away. So it's a leaving song. Right. Like, as they all are. As they all are. <laughs> and then you're going to stop in Carbondale and keep on going. You got to get snacks. Got to get some snacks. <laughs> and there is a Carbondale, Illinois. Okay. Just to shout that out. So if we're talking about, and apparently, you know, it's like right along the corridor too. And that's where the Jelly Roll Morton thing is interesting too, because he's famous for for being in, in New Orleans mm-hmm. uh, at the turn of the century. So it's like this Mississippi River connection. I mean, Joplin is not on the Mississippi, but the Missouri is such a, yeah, the Missouri, I mean, Missouri, the state of Missouri is on the Mississippi. So it's, I don't know, that connection I think is still definitely there. Duquesne train is going to ride me all night and day. You say I'm a gambler. You say I'm a pimp. You see, this is, I don't really know where this comes from. But, right. uh, but Gambler, another season three all about the gamblers. Um, and then listen to the Duquesne whistle blowing sounds like it's on a final run. So that final run is scary because if that's if you're thinking this is like the end of the world sort of tornado, and it was. I mean, an F5 is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's just scary to contemplate, you know. It's looking like the end of the world. So I can see where the religious imagery kind of comes in. Have you ever experienced a tornado? Have you ever been no. around? No. Hurricane Andrew, uh, which was in 92, that's when I lived in South Florida. So that was, it was definitely the biggest natural disaster that I've been, that was right over us. So, uh, I mean, nothing happened to us. Luckily, our neighbor had a tree go through their house and our, oh, wow. our whole neighborhood was flooded, but our house didn't get flooded. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I lived in Fort Lauderdale at the time and. That was, that was pretty much it. Never, never a tornado. A couple of different hurricanes. Big tropical storms, but I've yeah. never been like, my house got fucked up or something. No, no. Luckily. And as we record this, there was actually tornadoes that hit Lawrence. I used to live in Lawrence, Kansas. Like, came right through mm. Kansas. And it's crazy. I mean, I lived there for two years. You know, I went, I, I spent summers in South Dakota. You know, I've heard the sirens go off even in Kansas before, but I've never seen it. I've never, 
experienced them before. I only saw a tornado once when I was, I want to say like 12 or 13. And my grandpa was, um, he had a strokes and, uh, he was just sitting in his chair. We're watching the news and I'm like, I'm ill-equipped. I'm just a little boy. I can't pick you up. I mean, if you've never had anybody who has a stroke, I mean, they just gain a lot of weight. So they're just, cause they're sitting in a chair all day. Mm. I'm just a kid. So I'm like, I, there's no way I could even lift them up. And I just remember him being like, you gotta go downstairs. You gotta leave. You gotta get down. Jesus. I was like, what? <laughs> like, you're just going to sit up here and die. I guess. And I guess I'll, so I did yeah. for a minute and then it like, it slowly sort of like calmed down. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, um, looking out, it's, it's so crazy. Cause like, was I looking at one? I, I think I was, but being in like those dark Midwestern storms before, it's really hard to tell when it's really happening, mm-hmm. what you're actually seeing and not seeing. Like it, it all just kind of looks like a tornado until it's like a fucking tornado, you know, right. just from video. It's like the thing coming down. It's you're looking at pitch black, but then something more pitch black emerges and it's like, what? You yeah. didn't even think that was possible. So what I was looking at in my head was definitely like, that's a tornado coming mm-hmm. right now. But it's like, I'm sure it wasn't, but still very, very scary. Even just like the panic that hurricanes, at least there's like this, this this waiting of it. You're waiting for the storm to come. Tornadoes happen so quickly. Oh yeah, they can just drop down and come, yeah. and then that's it. And that's what makes them just yeah. like utterly terrifying. And they're you know, and they happen now in places like Ohio and shit. You know, places that you never expect them. I mean, we've had tornadoes in in Oregon. You yeah. know, just like randomly happening. Like that's terrifying. <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. <laughs> and if Jesus is behind be. this on his little. A Duquesne whistle train. train. Like, I'm out of here. Get out of here. No thanks. Maybe Jesus is actually the rhino from James and the Giant Peach. You know, the one that like, it brings the storm and has the nightmare about. Whoa. The rhino that killed his parents, but it's actually like a, it was a storm. James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. I just remember James and the Giant Peach. Mm, well, that's fair. I don't remember the story. That's okay. It's yeah. about bugs. <laughs> I think. See? You don't even know. <laughs> Verse 2. Listen to that Duquesne whistle blowing, blowing like she never blowed before. This was where I was like, are we talking about blowing blowjobs? Like, what are we doing? Oh, man. I mean, that's when I got confused. Blue light Lincoln, red light glowing. I'm thinking red light districts. Blowing like she's at my chamber door. Whoa. And then smiling through a fence at me. And it's like, what? It's like a glory hole. <laughs> oh Just like God. you always smile before. Listen to the Duquesne whistle blowing. Blowing like she ain't going to blow no more. Now, with the tornado implied, that shit's scary. Right. And even getting a little vignette there of like um, seeing people's faces. You know, it's that idea of like, you know, your life flashes before your eyes or whatever. But you're seeing... Or, or even if you're uh, Black Diamond Bang, this situation, you're um, seeing the tornado itself on TV or like you're close to it or whatever, mm-hmm. but you're you're having these visions of this place. And that's what I kind of take that. And the, I can hear the sweet voice gently talking in the next verse as being like memories of a past, memories of like growing up in that place because we learn later that there's a deep connection to this spot, whatever's happening mm-hmm. here. So these two people, the person smiling and the mother, the voice 
are very interconnected to like seeing the devastation or witnessing it or, or seeing it later or whatever, um, which is pretty powerful stuff. I like it without the storm metaphor. Like, is this about sex? I mean, he did just ask, say he was a pimp, but then say, really. wait, I'm not a pimp. Well, then the okay. blue and, and red lights. I mean, it's like sirens and, you yeah. know, it's, it really hits. The tornado thing is real good. It's really, I think that's, that's officially canon now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. We're just going to move on like it's canon. Uh, can't you hear the Duquesne whistle blowing, blowing like the sky is going to blow apart? Right. I mean, come on. You're the only thing that keeps me alive and keeps me going. You're the, you're like a time bomb in my heart. What, is, what does that mean? I know. It's, well. Does he like this person? I don't understand. Well, I would, I would almost venture to say no. Right? Well, we'll get there in a moment. So I can hear the sweet voice gently calling. Must be the mother of our Lord. Listen to the Duquesne whistle oh. blowing like my woman's on board. That fi- that fits the Jesus thing really good. The you're only thing that, alive that keeps me going like a time bomb in my heart. Mm. Because like once I die, then I'll be with Jesus. I'll be with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we don't associate suicide bombers with Jesus, but maybe we should. Maybe. I mean, so it's like Jesus is suicide bombing Bob Dylan's heart. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what I was going for. I'm glad that you, you put that together. Yeah. I think that that's, that's wise. <laughs> Next verse. Listen to that Duquesne whistle blowing, blowing like it's going to blow my blues away. Yo, rascal. I know exactly where you're going. I'll lead you there myself at the break of day. I like that for being the Jesus part too, because it's like... I like that Bob's calling Jesus the old rascal, and uh, and all, being like, "I'll lead you." Like we're partners now. Like mm. the world has ended. I'm going with my Lord. Turns out we we're besties all along. I'm gonna go show him. I'll show him the way. I'm the local here, you know. Right. Yes. Uh, I wake up every morning with a woman in my bed. Everybody telling me she's gone to my head. Listen to the Duquesne whistle blowing, blowing like it's gonna kill me dead. Now, we just got off a couple episodes ago talking about uh, tonight, I'll be staying here with you, where li- he's literally saying, like, I want to stay with you forever. Mm-hmm. And then this song is just like, everybody's telling me this girl sucks. It's like <laughs> the person the person who fulfilled the destiny, which was not Bob Dylan, but the narrator mm-hmm. fulfilling the destiny of being with the woman, right? Committing to the woman. Mm-hmm. Now has to listen to his friends be like, yeah, fuck this. Should have got on the train, man. But also, like... <laughs> Should you get on the train or off the train? Like, are you are you on the tracks? Are you just a part of its environment? Like, I don't know. What does the train mean? I can't give any advice. Like, it seems that he is not saying uh, that I am mad. I don't like her. But everybody's telling me mm-hmm. that this girl has gone to my head. Right? Yeah. Who are they? Are they on this train or are we again off the train? And the is train there is a train? That's just what I, I just don't understand. And, <laughs> you know, and hashing it out now, like really thinking about it, it's it, it's kind of pissing me off. Right. That's why I had a really tough time with this song trying to figure out what it all meant. I yeah. Like, I have no fucking idea. But I'm going to cling to Tornado forever. Well, Tornado's good. But even still, it's like the, there's just so many it's mixtures. Not perfect. Nothing of like can be perfect. Places and people. I know. There's just. Yeah. Too, a little too vague for me. And then the final verse, can't you hear that Duquesne whistle blowing, blowing, blowing through another no good town. The lights of my native lands are glowing. I wonder if they'll know me next time around. I wonder if that old oak tree still standing, that old oak tree that we used to climb. Listen to the Duquesne whistle blowing, blowing like she's blowing right on time. Maybe, maybe the woman in the bed is actually also Jesus. Oh, 
right? Like everybody's like, Bob, you cool it with the Jesus stuff. He's like, I love Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tonight I'll be staying here with Jesus. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Maybe right. that's it. Yeah. Maybe. Even with this verse, it seems strange. Like the oak tree stuff I get, right? It's mm-hmm. like, that's just like nostalgia. Like, oh, yeah. Sure. There's a place. I wonder if it's still around. Or if the tornadoes come through, I am actually curious, is that tree still there? Is that tree still there? <laughs> yeah. Because it means something to me, right? right? But does it mean something to me because of the face I saw two verses back? Does it mean something to me because of the, the chick in my bed that I like but everyone hates? Does it mean something to me because of the old woman, the lady, the mother of the Lord or whatever uh, voice that I heard? Is that my mom? Like, mm-hmm. what do I care about in this song? What what is what is what am I doing? And then on some level you're like, this thing is gonna blow me away. And then at the end, blowing like it's blowing right on time, like it's like it's supposed to happen. And that's another sort of um, that's where I think religion creeps back into it because if this belief that Bob has had for you know in a lot of his songs that like the end is coming, it's happening, then something like this is perfect. The apocalypse is here; it's blowing right on time, as as it's been prophesized, as we know it's gonna happen. Um, the time is up. When did this come out? 2012. Well, that was very all the rage, 2012, right? Like, this is when the world's going to end my calendar stuff. Hey. Also, Tempest is about a giant storm. True. The play by Shakespeare. You know Bill? But Another famously, William. Bob said his play was called The Tempest. His sure, sure, sure. It's just yeah, Tempest, right. no. so they're No totally coincidence. Different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Can't you hear that the king was the blue? Anyways, I don't I don't quite know what's happening. I really enjoyed the tornado thing. I got really deep back into the tornado. And then it kind of comes back to the same critique that I had with the Robert Hunter songs before, which is that like beyond here lies nothing. It is too vague. It's mm-hmm. too vague. Um, but there, there's so many nice touches in here that I think this one does rise above beyond here lies nothing. Although I don't think it's as fun of a song because uh, it doesn't have the, like the the blaring you know um accord not a, accordion. Mm-hmm. It's got the crazy accordion. Um, whereas this one's more just straightforward kind of um you know blues rock and it's like okay it's really good. We have some very subtle afterthought organ too, which is because like me me, which is always kind of the worst. I just like. Get Garth in here. Let's do some stuff. Oh, and uh, like I think I even did a timestamp because I was like, "Did you hear that?" Uh, at at three fifty, the three fifty mark, there's like a pop punk breakdown where it's like, "Blah, oh, blah, yeah. Oh, yeah. blah." I'm like, "Yeah, here we go." Bowling for suit time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's actually like the music itself is really fun and fast, faster than you would think. Yeah, I mean, I like the the jazz style of it because the walking bass really sets that tone because it's consistent through the thing Thanks, but then see i almost think that the weird embellishments during that little breakdown at 350 and then also the way the outro is it's kind of strange i think it's fitting for the song lyrically because it's a juxtaposition it's like wow we're just breaking out of the genre for There's 10 three seconds breaks yeah in there from the beginning with jelly roll mm-hmm. to yeah that pop punk breakdown and then that the, and then at the one. end where yeah. he's like a little it's like yeah. a little solo in and like playing us out feels like know? different songs and i'm like well the lyrics feel like three different songs so okay Cool. Wow, just one big dissonant uh, <laughs> bit of nonsense, which actually, it, I, it's selling me more. It's selling me more. Yeah, I, it's it's a weird accomplishment. And this was this was a single. I mean, this was like hmm. this was the announcement of the record. You know, so I feel like this song has a bit of an identity crisis. 
I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I mean, because when, when we think back on uh, Soon After Midnight and Pay in Blood, those two songs, I think, work way, way, they're more consistent and make more sense. Well, there's a clear narrative those. in those, I feel like, versus, well, at least Pay in Blood. And... Well, yeah, and even Soon After Midnight, that was a famous murder pop song for right. us. But, like, it's it's pretty unambiguous that, like, there's a story happening and you're filling it in. This one is, like, foundational. What is it? I guess it doesn't matter because I don't want to know. I don't need it to actually be a fucking train, right? Mm. But like, I don't know what, I, but that's, maybe that's the problem. I don't know what I'm actually searching for in this. I love it on the face of it, but anytime you want to go any further, I just think it'd be, it's just like looking online and reading stuff about another song about Jesus in this vein. It's like, oh man, I mean, you could take every line and really make it that way if you really want to. And mm. and maybe that's in some way is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for maybe something more. But maybe there is nothing more. Maybe it was just a song that he kind of had written before. Yeah. Probably before something like that happened in Joplin. And this is something he's been around for a long time. I mean, there's been lots of natural disasters, lots of things that have happened. Um, if this is a tornado and this is something big, I don't think that's the only the only one he had in mind. Um, and I think that this just works. And if it is just a metaphor of something really large and enormous sort of swallowing up your world then I think on that front, it actually, it does work. Yeah. Well, I think that it's, it being vague is a good critique because it's relevant and it's like, you can really describe anything you want to, but what's interesting to me about this song is that it does jump around so much. It's like, it doesn't, nothing quite fits fully for the song as a whole. Yeah. Pieces of it work well with the metaphor you choose, but they don't seem to hold throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's not my favorite. Maybe Bob's just he's having fun now. He's just like, let's that could be it too. Let's get this thing. Let's I'm so curious this. about songwriting because I don't know. I feel like it's tough because I think songs a lot of the times a lot of artists that I like is really personal poetry kind of thing that you put to music basically. But then sometimes I'm like, I just wrote a song about farts. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird thing. Like people that are like songwriters mm -hmm. and have thousands of songs that they've written. Especially it's like, like people so prolific. prolific yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you get, yeah, bands that we really enjoy. It's like you go away for three years and you come out with 12 songs. And those 12, admittedly, are, like, amazing. But they're amazing because they're so personal mm -hmm. and they feel so immediate. Whereas someone like Bob, I mean, there's a lot of trash in there, too. But, like, this is his job. Like, this is right. what he does. And that, to me, is very strange. You know, it's taking, like, all the... Again, it's just taking metaphors, taking... Uh, rhymes and just putting them together and seeing what sticks. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's all this is. It's just a little bit more advanced because it's Bob Dylan. So Kelly, 2019, the year that we live in, I was going to say the year of our Lord, but we cannot <laughs> confirm that. I mean, we don't know. I mean, if he's not conducting the train, who fucking knows where he is? Maybe that's where he's supposed to be in class. And it, learning how to drive the train. I mean, Bob's been looking for that slow train for a while. Why is it going so slow? Why is there, why is there no immediacy? Come on, Jesus. This Duquesne whistle runaway train. It was supposed to be a slow train coming. Now it's a runaway train. Doesn't uh, Tom Petty have a song called Runaway Train? No, it's somebody else. Runaway. 
Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Run away, but I'm thinking some. It's probably in the darkness. Oh, runaway train never come back. I don't know. Never mind. You, you know that tune. Though. <laughs> this is the song yeah, I was thinking that's of. What I'm yeah. Oh, oh wow. man. Oh no! When was this? Wait, why are there so many people playing guitars? Oh, dude, your hair. Yeah, yeah. This was it. Good job. Well, we gotta talk about this video for sure. Yikes! Whoa! That guy is beating up that old lady. This has to be early nineties, right? Oh hell yeah! Oh for Jesus! Wow! Million. Whoa! Yeah, oh yeah. no! This is fucked. Oh no! This is what is happening? Oh no! I'm not ready for this. All right, we're gonna put that on our thing because we have to do it. Wow! We're gonna talk about it. Wow! Music video month. It's the perfect time to talk what about. What a gem! Honestly, this song's not for me. It's I like the Jelly Roll Morton intro. That was really fun, and I it's okay. I don't know. I have a hard time with Bob's voice during this time because it just I, I, listening to Triplicate really colored my opinion of things. Apparently, yeah, because I, I just want him to do standards all the time. So I feel like this song is almost there, but then it's an original song, and it's got like this jazz swing classic air about it and then it does this weird little rockabilly thing and then we've got these strange breakdowns and it, yeah it just feels like it has an identity crisis which you know it's apropos of 2019 everyone has an identity crisis we don't know what the fuck we're doing so maybe it's more relevant than ever but maybe i don't know i don't see the kids bumping this as a jam it's true you know what i mean yeah i i see this song as people chasing ghosts which is kind of fun because you don't know what you're looking for inside of them or you're chasing one particular ghost in the Holy Ghost, and that's not for me. Yeah, not for me. All right, Kelly, we were also people in the world this week, this week of Music Video Month, mm-hmm. famously, national holiday, yeah. working on it, trying to learn how to draft legislation to make this a uh, national holiday. Oh, sure, yeah, okay. Uh, month-long holiday, mm-hmm. that would be the best. And if you want to get on board or be on the board of directors for this national month off policy for music video month you should visit our website at sotwpod.com sign the petition at sotwpod.com it's a metaphorical just like mm-hmm. this train mm-hmm. and tornado I mean, see the tornado is implied but see we're implying that there's a movement under underneath our website if you go to the website you are contributing to a movement that eventually will lead to a month off guaranteed guaranteed i mean it might take a long time but you stepping foot there will be the first foot to start the feet. This is really getting away from you. <laughs> that will America. Add us a TW pod everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, and uh, most importantly, patreon.com slash SOTW slash SOTW pod. Give us a dollar, please. Thank you. <laughs> if you want a month off, give us a dollar. <laughs> That's right. This is pay for play. And if you are interested in just listening to music, which... Fine. 
<laughs> we also ha- do a playlist every single week. It's it's freaking awesome. Uh, this week was way too long and features way too much Pittsburgh, which we just torpedoed uh, throughout this entire episode. Mm-hmm. We don't have nothing to say about Pittsburgh. So, mm-hmm. but you know what? Our train is stopping in Pittsburgh on this playlist. It so is. deal with it. Welcome back to the playlist. A lot of people. Laura Stevenson, the Fratellis, the band, Pete Seeger, the sidekicks, title fight, Johnny Cash for like the 10th time, Joni Mitchell, Mount Kimby. We actually used blue train lines and walking down the line. Oh, no shit. Whoops. We did. Uh, Chibamato, K-Flay, but not MC Lars. Oh. Uh, Bob Marley and the Whalers and Coulter Wall. Is that the one with the fear trains? Was that him? No, that was uh, that was welcome to the welcome to the playlist. That was William Elliot Whitmore. Oh my God! What a beautiful and sad song. It's a great song. He's a great, great artist. Is that not his song? It's him. Yeah, it's all his. Okay. I feel like I looked something up and that someone or maybe somebody did a cover of it. That's what it was. I don't know. Anyway, mm, I don't think so. It's a beautiful I... song about how trains are awful and can ruin somebody's life. Yes, like this train. Yes. Maybe it's about tornadoes. Maybe. Welcome to the playlist. Beyond William Elliott Whitmore. Jelly Roll Morton for the first time. Blackpink. MGMT. Crazy. Bratmobile. Which we're pushing it with that affection training. I know, I know. Kept it on there because it was so short. Meat Puppets. Travis Barker and Yellow Wolf. Right. Wiz Khalifa. This is our Pittsburgh section. Wiz Khalifa. The Lemonheads. uh, Sharks. MC Lars, I'm surprised. MC Front a lot, tons of that, tons of him. Huh. Uh, and the Four Tops and Excised because it was just a little too long. The Darkness, Southern Trains. I oh, took it off. Yeah. I just like you were right. There's too much darkness. We gotta let it go. So much darkness. Yeah, so we're not gonna do that anymore. So Kelly, because Music Video Month is rolling on, we don't need to do any number picking or anything like that. But it's still interesting to know that in this week of listening to Duquesne Whistle. We also had other interests in the world. Other things you might enjoy if you like listening to hear us talk. Yeah. How do we become the way that we are? By listening to great <sighs> music that we want to tell you about. I thought so, that was going to be a loaded question. I'm really glad you had a clear yeah, answer. No, no. Well, there's no time for this. <laughs> this is a short podcast. We can't go longer than that. I didn't listen to any music. Well, that's not true. Uh, I just said that music is the basis for our entire mm-hmm. lives. And you just say no. Um. I already talked about Team Drash, but their entire catalog is now on Spotify, which is oh, what we we're waiting for. May, May 31st is when it all got re-released. That you, that, you laid that out two, three weeks ago. I know. And, and now we've clarified it. I, I know. Mean, people were waiting. But it's all there. So Jealous Butcher put it all out May okay. 31st. So thanks. Go listen to Team Drash. But if you can, if you have the moment, if it's still in theaters, theater near you, go see Booksmart. Go see oh. it immediately. Uh, it's a teen sex comedy, which, uh, but it stars two ladies. One of them is a lesbian, and it's like, I can't, like, I'm so jealous that I didn't have this when I was growing up. I mean, Super Bad was funny. I mean, I, I'm sure it's terrible to watch now oh, as an like adult. That. It's like I, a funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the genre is called teen sex comedies. That's why I've never it's heard the that. terrible name, and it makes it sound way worse than it is. It's just like a coming of age no, movie. I'm kidding. It's, I, that's what we grow up on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. American Pie, all that stuff. Yeah. But it's about but those ladies. Are low this one seems fun. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking fantastic. Also, and it's got book in the title. It does. And I'm down for that. It's wonderful. Olivia Wilde directed it. It's her first uh, major motion picture directorial debut. So, can't stress enough. Fucking fantastic. It's like the funniest movie I've seen since Bridesmaids. It's like, oh my god, so good. Bridesmaids was so funny. That's what I'm saying, right? So what you're saying is that this is as funny as Bridesmaids. Yeah. Or money back. If you like Bridesmaids, 
I, I have a hard time thinking you would not like this movie. Gotcha. I would recommend another show hmm? that's being turned into a movie. It's called Deadwood. The oh, movie. Right, that's right, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So Deadwood, the movie is actually <laughs> out, but I have not watched Deadwood because I'm, I'm currently trying to finish rewatching it. Famously, can't do that kind of stuff anymore because I never watch TV. Right. So I'm stuck in season three again, just sitting here. So maybe I'll never see it, but I want to let people know because I think it's going under the radar after mm-hmm. this whole fucking fiasco for the show that cannot be named. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are just like, fuck this shit. Maybe we need a break. Maybe we need a break. And instead of going back to great prestige TV... We're like just turning off. No. Yeah, that's what you're doing. I mean, going back to 600, what up? I mean, Deadwood, go back to Deadwood. It's fucking fantastic. And in terms of music, I haven't recommended anything for a long time. Uh, we've seemingly like gotten way away from ourselves on this podcast. Um, but Alex Leahy, uh, a singer out of um, Australia, uh, uh, you, you would love. Hey, I came around. You did. You did. Uh, I, I recommended 2017's I Love You Like a Brother, and I recommend the, the, be- the Best of Luck Club which is her newest uh, album. And her music video for one of the songs is so funny because she plays saxophone and it does like a, you know, like, you know those music videos where like, imagine you're playing sax and then like a bigger version of your face appears within. Oh no, that's amazing. Six of those kind of things. Like a picture in picture with lots of lens flares on the keys of the saxophones and stuff. Really soft lighting. Yes. So absolutely incredible. And she's rocking the sax. Uh, Justin Towns Earl, a, a new record, The Scene of Lost Causes. Uh, fantastic. And then to just catalog them out. Martha, Love Keeps Kicking. Probably one of my, just every song is so good. Bars of Gold, Shelters. I love Bear vs. Shark. And this is like like four of the five members of Bear vs. Shark. Like why don't you just call yourself Bear vs. Shark? Clowns, Nature Nurture, and Fontaine's DC, Dog Roll. Listen to all of those. We'll have videos for all of those on there. We'll have the trailer for... Booksmart, yeah, for Booksmart on our website, sotwpod.com. Kelly, this is the end of the episode. I can't believe it. We're about to pick next week. Again, reminder, this is Music Video Month. We will be back next week with another music video. Okay. All right, so the Duquesne whistle has blown, and we are moving on. Music Video Month continues, but we're going to pretend again, Kelly, that Music Video Month Month is not a thing. So I'm going to go ahead, because we got to keep track. This is a real podcast. Do you remember? This is a real podcast. Just because you say a thing doesn't make it true. So Duquesne whistle, I've got to take it off. I mean, if you guess in the future, we're going to have to do it all over again. Do you want to do that all over again? No, I don't. All right, Duquesne whistle, number seven. Just so you know, that's probably the highest one we've ever had. Is off the board. 420 is off the board. Oh, man. You get high for the last time, friends. Oh, my God. 419. One out of 419. What you got? 152. 152. In a different world, we would have had. Ooh. Last week, we almost chose Disease of Conceit. This week, we would have had. That would have been our sixth from 1989's Oh Mercy. This week, we would have gotten Oh Mercy, the album. Wow. I I just we keep getting oh mercy I can't believe it but not this week because it's music video month I know 
two weeks ago, you selected on random.org, sponsor of the podcast. Oh my God, not a sponsor. And you guessed, what was it, 59, I think was your number? Mm, 58, 59. I mean, you've guessed yeah. that number a million times. You guessed when the night comes falling from the sky, be careful what you wish for, because that's what we're doing. When the night comes falling from the sky off of 1985's Empire Burlesque. Wait, you knew we were going to do that song, and then you pretended like I didn't pick the right song Correct. anyway? Wait, wait, so I could have theoretically have actually accidentally chosen the correct answer you could have but 87 you see 1987 was my year of birth and like a rolling stone i can't believe you took this from me it's really rough when you don't know the rules of the game oh my god so next week we're going to be talking when the night comes falling from the sky we actually covered this episode 60 i believe for empire burlesque uh there's two versions of it out there one on the bootleg series volume three one through three I guess technically volume three and um, Empire Burlesque. Wait, it's another music video from Empire Burlesque. Oh, it is rough. You oh thought this one was rough. God. This one's going to be rougher. So we'll see you next week for oh, the midway point on Music Video Month. Kelly. Have yeah. Fun. Bye. Yeah. It was the army train that took her daddy from her. It was the Bible train that took her mama too. And that high, loud whistle made her horse run away But the straw that broke the camel's back was you It was the government train that took away her childhood It was the KKK that took away her past It was the white man's will that hers be broken but that barefoot girl could run too fast Because the world's too cold for a girl like that With a blackfoot soul and a cowboy hat Everything she loved went down the dragon track She had a fear of trains She had a fear of trains